0: You're listening to the Light Forge podcast, the key to unlocking your arena success, with your co-hosts ADWCTA and Murps. Welcome to the Light Forge podcast. This is Adwcta.
1: This is Murps. Hello. I uh, hope you guys are all doing well. We got lots to talk about. Look, the expansion just came out. And typically around this time, I would be like, okay, you know, let's talk about the meta. But obviously, there's no news. Now we have news. We have actually tons of news we can digest because Matt London, the team, they are being responsive, they're they're trying out stuff. So we already have some changes to the meta.
0: Yep. Um, The patch, or not the patch, the uh, adjustment uh, hotfix. the game has happened in the arena and a lot of things have changed. The meta is nothing like what it was before. This was a big movement. The other stuff was a small movement. If you remember the first adjustment, it like Kind of moved Drew down a bit, make Rogue a little better, and uh, made the neutral side feel a bit better by lowering a uh, Night Captain's rates by like I don't know twenty five percent, thirty five percent, and uh, killing Gangplank. And we we're like, okay, this is all this is all very good direction. Well, they amped it up. But before we talk more about that, I want to first apologize for the uh, podcast uploading on. Like on podcast formats and on YouTube, it's still not up on YouTube yet. We're working on it. Uh, we got really, really, really distracted by Diablo. Uh, that's that's all we can say about that. But uh, but it'll it'll be up in a normal schedule now. It may take us a couple of days to uh, to get everything in order again. Um, but it had just totally like slipped our mind that this process wasn't like automated enough. So we're we're uh, we're, we're we're getting we're we're getting back on it. Um, So, sorry if you guys were waiting for it. And if you're listening to this and you're like, oh... What happened last week? Did you guys skip an episode? We did not skip an episode. It was actually like a two hour long episode and half of it was about Diablo Immortal. It, it was more, more than, than half of it.
1: More than half, yes.
0: Uh, so go go listen to that, especially if you're also playing or just interested in Diablo Immortal. We, uh, spoiler alert if you haven't listened to that one. We really like Diablo Immortal and uh, we think uh, most of the microtransaction and other stuff that people are talking about have been hugely overblown. So you can you can listen to us rant about that uh, in the other podcast. Um, uh, and not in the other podcast, in the other episode. Anyway, back onto this patch that happened. So the patch hit on Thursday, and uh, we now have plenty of data on HS Replay to see what the patch does.
1: Well, let's what... read through the patch first. Okay. okay. So uh, this is patch uh, 12. or whatever um this was posted on the blizzard forums or the blizzard website Uh, we let's just talk about sort of the uh, what it says about the arena and then matt london actually tweeted out a lot more details Mm. so within the post it said that they removed goblin bomb naval mine helmet hermit and Frozen Mammoth from the arena draft pool. If you remember, they actually reintroduced it and they were just like, okay, we're, we're gonna take these out. And they made several appearance rate adjustments to impactful neutral cards and to Demon Hunter, Druid, Hunter, Mage, Paladin, Priest, Rogue, and Shaman classes. Now, that's what it said in the official post. Matt London on Twitter. Uh, by the way, Matt Lunda on Twitter has been uh, really giving out a lot of information. So if you want more information, you should probably follow mm-hmm. Matt. Um, he followed it up with uh, this. He says that they had two goals with the composition of sets for this arena meta. Number one, to focus on more recent sets. We definitely saw that. Boomsday is the oldest set. And Boomsday is definitely not um, like the worst set by any means. Uh, in the history of Hearthstone uh, to ensure modern design principles uh, in parentheses, yep. fewer bad cards. And number two, to choose sets that had interesting synergies with the most recent mm-hmm. set Voyage to the Sunken City. Once again, Boomsday, right? There's lots of mechs uh, and there's definitely a, a mech feel within uh, Sunken City as well.
0: So the effect of that, though, I think we're at the opposite of what the dev team was expecting Because mechs are pretty good in the previous meta, and and now that they've diluted the pool with these old cards, they're not super old, they're not like old gods level old, but they're still not exactly at the same power level as the most recent sets that have mechs. So now the mech pool is diluted. Stuff like Gorillabot is no longer, like, A-tier levels good, which is all great for the game, by the way. But I think it went the other way of what they wanted to do, which is they wanted to make mechs even more interesting and relevant, and instead, mechs were pretty interesting and relevant and arguably OP in the previous meta, and now they're, like, balanced and normal and dinky, and people don't really do anything
1: with them. Yep. So, (laughs) uh, moving on matt elaborates in tweets um for balance adjustments uh i'm skipping w- w- one tweet but the next way i think is important for balance adjustments we have changed the appearance rates of even more cars than last time and the mm-hmm. percentage shifts are greater than ever before remember like uh greater than ever before we know from looking at HS replay, I, I, I think he's exaggerating on that. I don't think it's greater than no, ever no. before. So here, he, here's <laughs> the thing: even if it's not exactly true percentage-wise, it does show that they are willing, right? Because by yeah. him saying oh, yeah. it, it means okay, we are willing to do to to do well, this. Well, the
0: first round of adjustments were were small; they were restrained. We were, they were yeah. talking about how restrained they were, how much they're just mm-hmm. testing the water. So Well, this is they're, they're taking their shot now, right? And uh, um, if you look at the results. They, they went too far. Um, this is, they're trying to get class balance, right? Warlock, which was below average is now 54%. Warrior, which was significantly below average as well, uh, was now 52.6%. Um, and, uh, what was, what was the top class shaman, which was 53%, 53.5% before is now 477 So now they know what going too far feels like. In the first round of adjustments, they dipped their toe in, and then they didn't go far enough, but they knew they weren't going far enough. This time around, they're like, we're going to put the pedal to the metal and see what happens. And they went too far. As they probably expected, they had a, a good chance, if not uh, a likelihood, of making it go too far, right? So uh, now they know it's somewhere between the two. Um, and neither adjustment was like disastrous. Uh, but uh, they were also neither like 100% ideal. So, uh, I think this, this new uh, balance team is, is they're figuring it out, and uh, they now have an additional data point. Um, but, uh, but yeah, he, he wasn't kidding. The adjustments are huge. Looking at HS Replay, double is what the adjustment is for some class cards, including class common. So, if you think you are seeing uh, hollow abominations everywhere, you are not just feeling it. That is literally what's happening. Hollow Abomination offering rates have doubled.
1: Yep. Uh so Matt and... says that some common cards will feel or will be as rare as epic cards. And this essentially um it doesn't eliminate because on average common cards are still more common than your average epic card. Mm-hmm. But you can't just look at a card and see that it is a common card and expect it to appear at any rate you know we are back to this uh this more specific offering rate system in which Mm -hmm. if you guys remember i'm not saying it's going to go back to this but there was a period of time in which they just adjusted sap out of the meta period uh for rogue and this was pre-discovery so sap really did not exist that sap Mm -hmm. was uh you know sap was
0: seen like at the below the rates of legendary cards
1: yeah yeah um so this is something that was done before uh and not just done before yeah sap was like rarer than legendaries. period mm-hmm. so, so, um, so
0: they're not doing that by the way they're not they're, not, doing that. not they're they're going as low as epic for common neutral cards and they're going as high as doubling the offering rates for class cards that they needed to adjust up um so in going downwards they adjust down by up to 75 percent uh and they only adjust uh, uh i i think or i don't know they're going down by as much as 75 percent and they're going up by as much as plus plus 100 though that's that's the range of adjustments that that we've seen um and in practice what we've seen in HS replay is that there are adjustments up and down. It doesn't exactly follow it. Like I wish they really did just adjust stuff down or up, but some things don't really work that way. Like we'll we'll, we'll go through what would actually happen, right? And we'll start with uh, with the epic cars. The title of this podcast uh, or the first t- title that we're, we're the first agenda topic that we have here. If you're watching the video, is Night Captain is an epic net. Because the offering rates of Night Captain is now the same as an Epic neutral card. It is Night Captain. Um, What else is an Epic now? Well, Mothership is an Epic now. If you remember, Mothership already and Night Captain both already had their offering rates adjusted down. But not even by 50%. I think it was by like 35 or 40%. Um, And now Mothership is adjusted down 50%. Because that's how much it takes to make it an epic. And Night Captains adjusted down a total of 75% to turn it into an epic card. And that's not the only new epic cards that exist. Twin Tyrant is now an epic card. Gangplank, which was already kind of close to an epic card after the first adjustment, is now officially an epic card. Uh, the, so those are the neutral adjustments that went to epic. Uh, I know Matt's post made it seem like, we adjusted, who knows how many cards to, like, Epic. No, they just, it's just four cards, and, uh, three of them, uh, already had an offering on odds adjustment attached to them anyway, so the new one is Twin Tire. Now, on top of that, Venomous Scorpid was also adjusted, but it was only adjusted down to a rare, not to an Epic. So, there are two additional cards that have been adjusted, and all the adjustments got tuned up in, uh, in the, uh, on the Legendary side. Um, so, uh, now, there's more than just these cards that have been adjusted. I, I can't say for sure, but I think school teacher got adjusted down a tiny bit. That may just be a um, a uh, kind of a, a hangover from the fact that they a- essentially added a bunch of cards to the epic pool, right? And if you add cards to the epic pool, all the epics get diluted, but. You're gonna see a school teacher like I don't know 15% less now than you did before so I think that's what that effect is but I don't know um, Meanwhile spammy didn't really move that much but if you remember spammy was one of the ones they had already adjusted before. so spammy kept its adjustment. Uh, so it is also so it is also down from where where it sh- uh, should be if there were no adjustments attached to spammy. And spammy is interesting because it is by far the lowest win rate card that they made the adjustment to. There's like a number of epic cards with higher win rate that they didn't adjust. Um, And, you know, they don't do adjustment just based on win rate. They do it based on... uh, uh, based on how good the card feels, right? How much it's like hurting what they perceive the meta to be. So, like, Reefwalker is not adjusted. Still, Amalgam is still not adjusted. Uh, Ram Commander is still not adjusted, despite Reefwalker having really high win rates. Um, I mean, we don't rate it an a tier card either, right? So we're we're completely aligned with uh, with the Blizzard Balance team on not thinking Reefwalker is a problem. I don't think you hear anyone else calling for Reefwalker to be adjusted down or banned. So it's just kind of a really good card that is allowed to exist. Um On the legendary side for neutrals, uh, Sneed's got adjusted down a tiny bit, or I don't know what happened. It's just it's too small. It's not like like they're moving things so much, and you look at Sneed's offering rate, and you're like it's down fifteen percent. Like maybe that's just noise. I don't really know. But what is definitely not noise is Ivis. Ivis is the new RBO. RBO didn't move. Uh, it's it already had a 50% downwards adjustment rate from the first adjustment that happened a few weeks back before this set. So uh, RBO was in its own category as, like, super legendary in terms of the offering rate. And now Ivis joins it. And I think it's the only one that joined it, like, looking at the offering rates. They didn't do anything to Neptalon. They didn't do anything to Azamat, Yesera, Prestor, Varian, Okani... None of those got changed. And Sneeze only went down a tiny bit. So, I don't know. Maybe the data for Sneeze isn't there yet, and Sneeze actually did get adjusted down too. But right now, we definitely have two super legendaries, RBO and Ivis. Cool. Um, so, yeah, so, that's the neutral side. Uh all good things, right? Like, if you remember, we uh, we had changed our rating of Night Captain to an A as of the previous meta, which means that we wanted it to be adjusted down to an epic card at least, if not a, a legendary card. And that's happened now. Uh, Gangplank we always had as an A, which means it's in the same uh, kind of deal. It's, it's win rate was never quite there, but it also feels bad whenever it does win your opponent the game, or even when it wins you the game, you're just like, yep, couldn't deal with it, and now we win from Gangplank. And uh, that happens more in this meta than in the previous metas, um, than the prior meta, because the prior meta really had more initiative, even if they were less good initiative. Uh, this meta seems to have uh, better cards, uh, but um, maybe the frequency is not as high. Um, but anyway, Gangplank win rate was never great. It was self countered within its own set, uh, but they had nerfed it before anyway, they just viewed it as a problematic card. Um, and now you're adding uh, you're adding uh, Twin Tyrant and uh, Venomous Scorpid to the list. Those were our two original A-tier cards that uh, was in neutral, was common, and was never banned. And was n- uh, never adjusted down because they didn't used to adjust down neutral cards. And uh, now they have. So this is all good stuff. This is like almost perfect. They are drawing the line almost exactly where we would draw them. Like, this is great community and dev alignment on the neutral side. Um, if you remember, when they first started nerfing RBO, one of the first things we said was, that's wonderful, but what about Ivis? Like, we also mentioned Sneeds. You know, we also, like, threw Yasera in there just because its win rate is, is up there, but we weren't really concerned about Yasera. We were only somewhat concerned about Sneeds. We were very concerned about Ivis. And, uh, and Ivis is the one they hit next, so they may keep hitting stuff, but it's great that they hit Ivis, because that really is the... The win rates don't reflect the full story, because people misuse it all the frickin' time, uh, kind of insane legendary card.
1: Yeah, uh, um, I think Ivis is just incredibly, incredibly strong right now, because um, part of the... Uh, um, Look, I don't want to start something about Ysera and then have you chime in about how Ysera sucks or anything. But I will say for Ivis, um, it really is emblematic and uh, one of the flagship cards of the current meta, which is flexible, swing potential, uh, huge bombs, right? Like, it really fulfills uh, that. You could play it really any turn, but typically seven mana and above. Um, that that's when it really starts to shine, and you can get that consistency. Uh, that's when you play Ivis. And look, people talk about this on Arena HS. I know some streamers are frustrated. Uh, one in particular about how swingy the meta is. But yeah, when you think about this meta, it's like it's very much so an Ivis meta in which you kind of just got to hit them with with bombs um you you got to find your synergies and ivis is kind of like the most flexible powerful bomb that there is and, and i'm saying that like the combination of it there's going to be mm-hmm. stuff that's really really ridiculously powerful um whether it is like a colossal that just like fits with the situation uh, or even a combo, right? We talked about parrots last week. Parrots are mm-hmm. so freaking good in this meta just because of the <laughs> value they get you, and there's so many stupid battle cries. Or even the gray parrot, right, that casts giant spells. Um, that works too. Get your synergies, get your combos, get your stupid stuff, because everybody has them. You got time to play them. Um, and, and, and Ivis is just kind of the perfect card for the meta. But yeah that's that's kind of the the way it is right now uh and i don't mm-hmm. i don't know how you guys feel about it i'm not really playing arena right now so you know keck w to, <laughs> to anybody uh who is playing it uh, but i think that there is definitely stuff to enjoy in some ways but if you're spamming arena I think there's a lot that will get you frustrated as well.
0: Yeah. And I was like, I have played Arena in the new meta, um, and it is not significantly better than the old meta in the sense <laughs> that, of yeah, like yeah. they did all these changes different classes are on top now but it is definitely no less frustrating facing the warrior now or especially the demon uh, the demon hunter <laughs> the warlock uh now uh compared to facing a shaman before uh it's it, it's it's a similar meta to what we have left so the adjustments shifted everything around but but it didn't change the feel the meta and we'll we'll go into why next um but first uh the classes that were hit right the classes that got knocked down i'm not going to go over every card that got reduced um but shaman was hit paladin was hit uh you you guys can figure out which cards got hit right like caverns got hit it's an epic now um uh the the, the the paladin cards all got hit um what's the ridiculous ones templar captain uh is an epic now was a rare um and here's the thing that's interesting brasswing got hit brasswing was an epic it is now a legendary so they are willing to go they are willing to turn epic cards into legendary cards just like they're willing to turn legendary cards into uh super legendary cards they are not saying like, hey, we're only going to lower cards to Epic. That's what they've done on the um, on the neutral side. They haven't nerfed a uh, Epic card into a Legendary yet on the on the uh, neutral side. Or at least I don't think so. It could just be a low amount of data and school teachers already there.
1: But, uh, but I don't think so. I think typically um, what they do is they'll just ban it, right? Like what they did with uh, Abominable Lieutenant. Um, yeah, yeah. Epic, because Epic cards, uh actually, a bottom, uh, like, Lieutenant was weird, because it's one that was just purely powerful. Typically, Epic cards are just strange, right? Mm-hmm. Um So what they do is they either nerf the card itself, look at BGH, or what they do is uh they will just get, like, get rid of it from the offering rate, and then you can only get it from, like, Glacier or something, right? Yeah. Um, so I am curious, like, if we ever get a, a card that is just kind of too powerful um which is kind of the situation that we have right school teacher mm-hmm. is just it's power i mean it's some rng as well but like it's no, but so it's consistent power. yeah it's so consistent so i am really curious to see what happens with this because typically it is just a ban or a nerf right yeah.
0: um and school teacher also is like on the line you know it, it, it like, is on the line. it's not <laughs> it's not it, it is not as good as an abomination
1: it's also something that is um okay because you always have to weigh the fun factor right it's like okay it's powerful but if it creates a lot of fun for people Mm -hmm. then we should give it a little bit more leeway and i could see that for school teacher it's like okay um even if it is like uh kind of more powerful than something like a twin tyrant like if um twin tyrant makes you feel worse right like twin tyrant Mm -hmm. makes you feel worse this um the person on the losing side as well may not attribute it as much to um to school teacher as well this is something that we talked about and as long mm-hmm. as they're not fully attributing it to school teacher you kind of can get away with it as a designer right all of so you-
0: chat talking about fires of zinashari when it was a school teacher that won that freaking game <laughs> just saying
1: oh god uh but yeah so that's sort of um that, that's sort of where, where we're at. I am super interested to see what they do with the um, uh-huh. school teacher because I, I I can definitely see them not touching it. And I think that would be, I wouldn't be it, happy it, it's with it's it, but it's reasonable. It's reasonable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. A it's a position it's a you position.
0: can take. Like we rated it A plus, right? And they're comfortable nerfing common cards to epic and calling it a day. So that means they think epics can be A level good. Like yes. A tier cards can be epic. That is fine. Uh, they're not banning even things like spammy, right? Like spammy is, uh, is an A-tier card, and it is an epic. And they're like, look, epics can be A-tier. And I'm like, all right, all right, fine. If epics can be A-tier, well, teacher are A-plus tier. So it's not an S-tier, like Abomination, but it's better than the other epics. It's better than Twin Tyrant. Yeah, it is. Um, and I don't know. Uh, so... I, I'm just happy they're they're making everything fully aligned with with kind of like what we've been saying for for a while now. The only area that and this includes hitting up these old cards like Twin Tire and Venomous Scorpion, which we've been calling for for a very long time. Um, but the interesting thing is Venomous Scorpion is only made a rare. It has not been made an epic, uh, which is which is interesting when I, I, everything else has been made an epic. It's is, like
1: yeah, I think part they, of they the made a decision right. Yeah, like, yeah, There was nothing else
0: made a rare. I, I,
1: and I think part of that just goes to the fact that it's discover it's more fun right Mm -hmm. um even though i i think scorpid is just as problematic if not more problematic than the first and slash you know second time that around that we saw scorpid uh because of just how swingy this meta is um how good spells are now like spells are really Mm. good um so yeah, like I, I think Scorpit is hugely problematic, but at the same time, I do understand people really like discovering stuff. So yep. yeah, like it game design wise and reception wise, it is like twin tyrant is kind of like worse. It 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 just sort of is.
0: Yep. On the design side, definitely. Um and, and like something like Pandaren, right? It has a very high win rate too. It's not nerfed at all. It's just a common card, and Pandaren is, like, since they buffed it, like, they actually buffed it in the game but to be a 3-drop, uh, is actually good now. Uh, and uh, it's that Scorpid issue, right? Except it's not even being made a rare. It's it's just staying a common. And it's not as good as a Scorpid. It's nowhere near as good as a Scorpid, but uh, still. Okay, um, so, yeah, like, Walpaw Cavern nerfed. Uh, what would you think? Command of the neptalon you'd expect to be nerfed. It was nerfed. Um, it goes down. They nerfed, like, everything. Like, Sleepbreaker is nerfed. I don't know, like, we, it's a really powerful card, right? Like, we put it, not in the category of Walpaw Cavern and Command of the Neptalon, but right in the tier below that. And then, you know, that's nerfed. Earth Revenant is nerfed. Like, just whatever you see that is good of the classes that were on top, all nerfed, all nerfed by, like, 50% at least, if not more. Schooling, by the way, uh, that, that, that was nerfed, I think, more than, I think that was nerfed to an epic. I think that's a common card nerfed to an epic. So they did that too. Like Snowfall Guardian was a common card. I'm pretty sure it's nerfed to an epic now. Um, they like took an axe to Shaman. And remember, this is Shaman at 53.5% win rate. This is not a super out of control Shaman in the meta. This is a Shaman barely creating any distance between itself and number two. And they just hate hammered shaman which is why it should be to nobody's surprise that shaman is now at 47.7 percent maybe even dropping more after that like they they went at it um and it's too much um well okay i would argue that's not too much uh for the hammering part but the next part that they did i'm just gonna this is we're just glossing over what they actually hammered right like the class that they hammered down they hammered so if you're looking at a class that's not doing too well, that was doing well in the previous meta, uh, what were the the classes they moved again? Merps, do you still have that list up? I do. Uh, I just looked at shaman still, and paladin. I mean,
1: they listed like eight classes. So. Okay, fine. Um, but like, I just
0: looked at shaman and paladin because those are the classes with the most problematic cards. I wanted to see if they got nerfed and what else got nerfed, and uh, they got nerfed and everything got nerfed. Um, so that's going, that's knocking them all the way down.
1: Like w- 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 what I said before, okay, when we were talking, w- one sec, priest, hunter, demon, hunter, druid, mage should be increased. Shaman, paladin, rogue are decreased. That okay. is, uh, So rogue is the other one. Yes. Um,
0: that was decreased. So if you're looking for, uh, like really good rogue cards or paladin cards or shaman cards, just expect it to be offered at epic rates. Cause that's what they did. They took an ax to these classes. Um, And if you go back a couple of Lightforges, uh, when they first did the adjustments and what we were talking about, we were like, this isn't, like, what you need to adjust is you need to adjust everybody down to about 75% win rate. Like, you don't adjust the top classes to be 50% and the worst classes to be 50% because that involves buffing a lot of very terrible cards from the worst classes. Uh, Terrible as in um, you don't want to see it in the meta. And then the worst classes become playable or even the best class. And then all of a sudden you have an even worse meta than what the meta you were trying to fix is. Um, so you want them all down to forty-five, and to 75 or even lower. And then you want to raise the worst classes to around that mark. So if you look at this right now. Paladin's at 51.1, so they didn't nerf Paladin hard enough. Shaman's at 47.7. Good! That's actually where Shaman should be. Uh, you look at Rogue. Rogue's at 48.5, so not quite hard enough. But they got close. Uh, it's, it's good. So the nerfs are actually good, even though they look super harsh. Like, I want them every single time to take an axe. Like, I want them to take an axe to the top classes, to all the classes that are doing remotely well, every single time that they make a release. Because that is the only way you achieve balance. Now, where they messed up, and why this meta is no better than the previous meta, is they did the thing that we kept saying you should not do. And the thing that they did not do much of the last adjustment around, which is that the last adjustment round they did not really bump up the offering rates of the best cards of the lower classes by that much, because all the adjustments were small. And um, they looked at it and they saw the win rates of hunter and warrior and I think priest move by like two percent from like thirty five to thirty eight, and uh, they're like, "Well, we got to do a lot more than that." Big mistake. Because they did do a lot more than that. They did a lot more than that. And they looked at the class that was at the bottom. And besides Priest, which was super at the bottom, you had the other classes Murphs was talking about. Which is like Warlock, uh, which is like Warrior, which is like, uh, what was it, Druid? And what's the other one, Mage? And Warlock and Warrior now are out of control. Um, Especially Warlock. Warlock is... I'll, I'll, and I'll tell you how to control... I'll tell you what they did first. What they did is... They took a bunch of cards... And they're like... These cards are good. They're in a the bad classes. Let's double it. It's literally what they did. They moved rare cards to be common. They moved epic cards to be rare. Uh, just down the list. Ten cards. Top ten cards in each class. Um, and... Uh, that's... Not a great way to balance stuff. But the worst part... Is when they move the common cards... That are in the top ten... The already common cards, the already common class cards that you already see all the time whenever you face these classes, and that are super good at anchoring the class, and they double the offering rate. So now just gonna click on warlock because it's the most ridiculous. That's why it's a 50, uh, 54% win rate I may be going up.
1: Yep. Um, so, Uh, I I uh, think you should read off, for example, the list of Warlock cards. that's what what I'm going to do. That's what
0: I'm doing right now. Yep, okay. Uh, The list of Warlock common cards that are now super commons. I'm going to skip the rare ones, or I'll tell you the rare ones afterwards. But these are all originally common cards that had normal common card offering rates. And they are now offered double what they should be. Number one, Spawn of Deathwing. Number two, Demonic Assault. Number three hollow abomination number four unstable shadow blast number five abyssal enforcer and even final gasp got this treatment like they just went down and hit every single card that was good in the class and they're like double it double it double it double it we need this class to go up and the class went up and now it's problematic Because they successfully nerfed the Shaman to the ground and the Shaman's winning a 7.5% win rate. Now you're going to bring the Warlock, which was originally 47.5% win rate, and you somehow are going to bring it up equally as hard? So Shaman and Warlock swapped because guess what? They nerfed all the Shaman cards and they boosted up all the Warlock cards. What do you think was going to happen? And the answer to this isn't, okay, well, we'll only nerf half the Shaman cards, and then we'll only boost up half the the Warlock cards, and then they'll be 50% each. No, they may end up being 50% each, but that would be a terrible move. You should keep all the Shaman nerfs and just not move Warlock. Or at the very least, not move Warlock or any other class's common class cards up in offering rate. Because what happens now? What do, you, what do you when you roll into the arena? You guys, uh, you know, play the arena a lot. You know what happens? There's spawn of death wings everywhere. I got hollow abomination four times in a row. I lost that game. We almost won. I did miss lethal. It's a really weird lethal involving like abyssal whatever things you put in your opponent's hand and how two of them stack and I top decked the card. So yes, I did miss lethal. But still, all right, they played a crap ton of hollow abominations to like get me to this position. Like, this is what the meta is now. This is what I mean by the meta is no different than what it was before all these changes. It may even be worse, despite the fact that the neutral side is better. Because the class card ridiculousness side with Warlock is so much... Alright. It's not so much worse than Shaman. The Shaman ridiculous cards, like Caverns, are still better than Hollow Abomination. Um... I think we rated it the same as Spawn of Deathwing, but it's, it's better than Spawn of Deathwing. Like, like it's in the same tier, but it's, it's better than Spawn of Deathwing even. Uh, but they're both S-tier cards. Uh, but th- th- it's, it's problematic. You, you, you're Because what was Caverns originally? It was a rare card. What is Spawn of Deathwing now? They're both S-tier cards, by the way. Spawn of Deathwing now is a super common. So now you see Spawn of Deathwing and Hollow Abomination, both, in addition to Demonic Assault and all the other cards I listed, all of them, each of them, Each of them is seen twice as often... Sorry, four times as often as Caverns was seen. So, Caverns was GG. Maybe Hollow Abomination isn't GG. But is four Hollow Abominations instead of Yeti's GG? Yeah, it's way more GG than than Caverns. And that's what they did. So... The meta's not good right now. I think it is a little bit worse... Than it was before the changes. And I'm hoping that new changes are going to happen at some point soon. Like, you know, it just happened on Thursday. They probably have to take a week to analyze stuff and maybe make new changes. Maybe two weeks. But I hope the next round of changes happens. Because this is a case where with the best of intentions and having done, like, more than 75% of the stuff right. They messed up 25% of it and made the
1: Metal worse yep
0: and that's what we're in right now
1: so look um we're at a point now let's not forget we are complaining about changes in the meta like a week and a half after the Mm -hmm. meta has come out that doesn't happen and this isn't just like oh one card was adjusted and it was driven by constructed right like something like that um specific arena changes there was a short post on an official blizzard website and then the lead of arena slash modes you know really modes uh commented about the philosophy uh and why they did those things this is a luxury being able to complain that they didn't exactly get it right this time uh you know i i think some of the ideas were good i think some of uh the changes were a little bit too much just like you said, uh, with the Shaman and Warlock, you know, going different directions. Yeah. Uh, too but strongly. it's not even
0: that it's too much. Like, Warlock just... You, you, there just has to be a flat rule. You do not increase common class cards, and you do not increase any other cards above the offering rate of a common class card. Otherwise, you're just asking for it,
1: right? You're just asking for it. It's, it's very dangerous. When you look at the list of cards that you are increasing uh, for... You know warlock you look at these you are like wait these are all incredible swing removal uh all, oh yeah oh yeah i
0: didn't even talk about the rare cards that are increased i'm just gonna list them uh soul rend crazed netherwing full-blown evil infestation
1: yeah um <laughs> it's uh, so soul. much initiative that warlocks just like they are able to fight off any pressure now And then they can find their combos or they can find whatever, right? Uh, Or they can just dig deeper into their deck and find one of these busted cars that they're always drafting now. It's pretty rough. So the first time that we saw these adjustments, they didn't do enough, right? Like they they were careful. Mm -hmm. Here, they did the standard just double it uh, policy Mm -hmm. that Blizzard typically does, which I, I think most people would agree is... Uh, a lot of times, just a bit too much, but, you know, this is Blizzard's philosophy for a lot of it. It's like, um instead of pure balance, they prefer a shake-up in the meta. And they do this with, like, quite a few of their games. Um, I, I, It's sort of like a Blizzard thing. Um, I think that, once again, this will be a good learning experience. Mm-hmm. So, we are obviously not completely satisfied with the state of the meta. I don't think a lot of people are, and that's totally fine. Um, but we do want to separate that from sort of uh, you know their communication and their effort yeah. on this. And I think what happened with this meta and the mistakes that they made are real. Are were really predictable? As in, they were going to make it, and they probably knew they were going to make these mistakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like that's why
0: they said, oh, "Hey, we're moving things around a ton now. They're <laughs> like, <Yeah>. watch out, <laughs> crazy stuff is going to happen." Um, I, like, yeah, like you said, it's, it's predictable that this was going to happen. And I think they wanted to make it a little too much, but what I don't like to see is that they did not draw a line at common class cards, which means they were not, they were either not thinking about it or that they did not give that like thought the weight that it deserved. Uh, cause it's one thing to move levers around and you know, who knows how to move levers around when it's affecting everything and everything affects everything and you want to, it's really hard, right? But This was predictable in the sense of if you gave Warlocks double Spawn of Deathwing, Demonic Assault, Hollow Abomination, regardless of whether Warlock is the best class or not, Warlocks are not going to be fun to play against. So this is just a, like a, this is not a, hey, we did this, now we saw the result and it was bad. This is a 100% of the time before you did it, you knew that doing this was going to have a bad result in at least a very significant way. Even if it didn't result in a 54% win rate. And you were like, yeah, we're going to try it. Like, what's there to try? There was there was no way this ended good. Uh, we've, we've, been, we've been very vocal and against this type of balancing um, for at least a year. I don't know that we talked about it before a year ago, but we, we obviously still felt that way. It just wasn't a topic. Uh, but once active balancing started, this was one of the points that I was like, ah, it, it's a trap. They could fall for it, and um, and I was very happy that they didn't the, uh, the for the the first balancing. But but now they have, and hopefully they come to the same conclusions that that we've come to. Uh, and I think that I, like, it's just it, it if you're when you're in the game, it feels obvious. It feels very obvious that something has gone really, really, really wrong when you face a warlock. Um, and once you hear, oh, they double the offering rate of Spawn of Deathwing, Hollow Abomination, Demonic Assault, uh, Abyssal Enforcer, you're like, okay, that makes sense. That's kind of what I'm seeing. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh,
1: it, it is what it is. Yep. Um, and right now, the feel of the arena as well is just people dropping bombs on each other. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just one powerful swing after another powerful swing you can definitely try to predict uh, some stuff Um, I think resource management is important so for example maybe not putting out too much stuff Um, kind of you know figuring out how can I make my opponents perhaps play a little awkward Uh, You know, remembering what gave him a bit of trouble before, maybe. uh, These are good skills to have in this meta. Now, that doesn't matter a decent amount of times. I'm going to be honest with you guys. Like, some of the removals and some of the initiatives, and it's just some of the just straight-up busted combos that they have going. um, Essentially, there are games in which you look back at the HS replay, kind of, you know, deck tracker replay, um, and you'll see, oh, because I didn't kill him by turn 5 he he was gonna win it was it was basically solitaire at that point you're gonna get frustrated by those but uh yeah that's that's sort of it like so it's up to you guys on whether or not you want to play it but that that, that's sort of the state and that's sort of one of the skills that i have seen that is uh important for this meta also just you know having a good mental i don't know do some yoga eat some good food yep that
0: is that is the best advice you can get in this meta um it is what it is. You're in it for at least another week, uh, probably at least two weeks, because this is not like the the launch. Right? They launched a new mini set. They know they need to adjust, and they're going to do it now. I don't know that they they they're looking to adjust the very like as quickly. I hope they do, um, because the meta has gotten a little bit worse, and it is noticeable. And it was already not the best meta from you know no fault of the arena team. That's just they introduced these cards, right? Um, as as the as the dev team, you got to be able to put together the kinds of like the the, the kinds of wild rotation. The whole point of a wild rotation is to put together stuff, right? So they put together something they thought was going to be fun. Um, like we're not analyzing like whether the sets that came in were right or not. Like that's kind of their creative construction. From a balance perspective, you should be able to throw any six sets together, especially if they're modern sets, and then come to an okay meta after you do adjustments. Or else you have a fundamental fundamental problem with the arena that developers can't save without like massive resource investment and changing the fundamental rules of the arena so i don't think we're there um uh, I, i mean i guess it depends on what kind of a player you are like i think mentally i've already adjusted to the high power levels and that doesn't really throw me off as much anymore uh but Double the offering rate of Spawn to Deathwing makes me feel bad. Double the offering rate of Hollow Abomination makes me feel bad. I'm not weird. That's just how things are. Um, You know know what people felt bad with? Uh, The whole um, Scale of Anexia card. That had no offering rate bonus. That was just a common card in the best class. And that felt really bad. Well, now you're doubling it. Like, why? 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 What? Uh, Anyway uh ideally they'll do some kind of balance change uh soon and then you'll be in a you'll be in a better meta um than than the current one ideal Uh, right now ideally Uh, but right now if you're trying to figure out how the meta is changing uh, we kind of gave an overview of it but i'll go a little bit more specific which is that the top classes are warrior and warlock and you may think those are not very similar classes. Uh, they are very similar classes in this meta because both of them are characterized by endless card advantage. Warlock can draw cards with the hero power, obviously, and they have all these board clears and whatever stuff, so they actually have plenty of life. Warriors have endless life with all a whole lot of armor gain stuff, and they have endless cards because Outrider acts is boosted and if you guys remember outrider axe was a very 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 good card it's the four mana three three weapon after your hero attacks and kills a minion draw a card so it basically draws you three cards over the course of three or four turns and is a four mana three three weapon which is already like okay um this card if you're tracking it on June 1st it was seen in 1.3% of all decks now it is seen in 3.8%. I don't know that the offering rate for this has been actually adjusted up even though the numbers more than doubled. This may just reflect that people are playing warrior more. Um, so I'm not I'm not like putting this on the like adjustment side, right? What definitely was adjusted was like Fires of Zinachari. I'm pretty sure that got adjusted up uh, for I don't know means or whatever. Um, but this could just be like the changes for Warrior could just be a result of uh, like for the first day, at least 24 hours if not 48 hours after the adjustments happened, Warrior was actually on top, not Warlock, on the HS replay offering rates, and I think that opened the gates for a lot of people trying out Warrior again. Uh, so I think. This may not be an adjustment up for Outrider's Axe. This may just be like more people are playing Warrior. But Outrider's Axe is in the meta. And yes, it is rare, but a lot of Warriors have it. And it is endless card advantage. Um, Fires of Zinashari is getting more popular for whatever reason. And it is a quite sizable card if you want to go into the long game. Because everything costs... You're getting very large minions from it, right? And very large... uh, Those are large, so you get a really large deck um the card that uh seems uh, the the other card that's really commonly seen in warrior is stonewall anchorman again with the warrior it's really hard to tell if they adjust it up or not but um it is seen right now in six percent of all decks according to hs replay and it is the uh, common card that has the highest win rate of warrior and uh it's the five mana four six rush frenzy draw card so Your top warrior cards are all, like, big cards that, like, draw you cards and whatever. Um, Title Revenant, the new card, is also gigantic. It's an 8-mana card that deals 5 damage, gains 8 armor, and is a sizable minion. Like, warriors are big. And warriors draw cards. So your whole meta right now, being warlock first and foremost, and then warrior being second uh, tier, uh, is just especially after you get to a decent amount of wins it's just a lot of card draw that you are gonna be facing and now that they nerf the offering rates of twin tyrant and they nerf the offering rates of scorpid the other classes actually kind of have a card drawing problem now like we were never at skullamance levels we were at like pretty good card draw like you could card draw and play the game but you'll eventually run out of cards too if the swings don't you know go one way or the other super quick and and now with these changes uh, outside of warlock and warrior you really do have a card draw problem with most the vast majority of, of the remaining classes and they can't match up with warlock and warrior's card draw but they also can't push that well because, or at least you can't push that wall against Warlock for obvious reasons. You get wiped off the board very easily. Uh, and for Warrior, they're just very good at making sure you're not on the board that much to begin with. And they have a huge, ridiculous amount of life. So you are trying to push damage on a Warlock and, like not smork them down. Maybe like mid-range them down so you don't have to worry about card advantage. It's rough. It's rough because you're not dealing 30 damage to kill them. You need to deal like 45, 50. And... Um, that's rough on a deck because if your deck is actually structured to deal fifty damage to a deck in mid range, then you don't have a very good deck against any other class besides warrior. Uh, so you're you're in this this kind of deck building problem of like, what do I do to counter this meta? And the answer is, you have to draw cards too. You you unfortunately have to draw cards too, and you don't you don't have a lot of ways to do that. So so good luck. <laughs> It's just a lot of of out-of-your-hands kind of deal. So that's my take on this current meta that we've been in for a few days now
1: and we will probably be in for another week or two at least. I think that sounds good. Yeah, Um, it's a good breakdown of the meta. It's a good analysis of why people, I think most people, are a little bit frustrated by this meta, even though the win rates seem, you know, other than Priest, uh, seem reasonable. It, it, It seems like it would be a healthier slash more feels good meta than it currently is which is Mm -hmm. pretty feels bad um but once again we have a team that has shown they are not afraid to make changes they're actually pretty fast on making changes and they are willing to communicate so i think uh being cautiously optimistic is very fair
0: Mm -hmm. yep yep um and for all the feels bad that's happening at the top, uh, the car, the, the you know, obviously the the classes they nerfed feel a lot better to play against. So you can be a lot less frustrated by, a lot less frustrated by your matches against paladins and, and shamans. Um, but you probably won't face many paladins and shamans unless you're not doing very well in the first place. So like I guess what they need is they need to keep the warrior and the um, and the warlock down down in the in the pits. Um, that that warlock buff package was whoo. Uh, alright that's it for us uh, for the Lifeforge podcast Um, I'm going to give a shout out to our patrons patreon.com slash grinning goat thank you guys so much uh, for supporting us we really appreciate uh, all of your support and um, last week we had a really long question from the goat on Diablo Immortal this week we'll have a very quick question from the goat on Diablo Immortal which is Murps how much time have you spent on Diablo Immortal since it launched 10 days ago?
1: I've played a lot. I, I mean, it's, it is it uh, is a good game to just sort of like have on in the background of any, anything. Like, honestly, any, anything. So I have uh, been, played, been playing a lot. I'm currently a... So there's Challenge Rifts, which is a, a PvE sort of like, uh, you know, they throw you in like a level, you, you have to... Go kill off normal monsters and kill a boss. Right now, I'm a top 50 demon hunter, which is very significant because that that, that is a very pay-to-win aspect of the game. <laughs> Challengers are literally
0: said. the most pay-to-win aspect of the entire game, yes. more so than PvP.
1: Yes. Uh, so I am sandwiched completely. In like r- right, right now, my ranking, I think, is like 41. But I am completely sandwiched by people who... 110 percent paid a lot more money like a lot more money magnitudes more many magnitudes more than i have um so it's fine you know like we said last week if if i had in my mind i have to be top five on the leaderboards i should not play this period because Mm -hmm. i am not prepared uh and this is something that you just cannot outskill period yeah you, there is no
0: and, and this is the the specific leaderboard for solo uh uh i mean for any kind of challenge rifts um pvp is surprisingly more friendly to people with smaller wallets uh because uh it's actually it's very diluted it's ap 8 so your impact is a bit diluted there's a lot more big picture strategy and there's a lot more like Things you subtly do to like all of a sudden make your team significantly better, like Overwatch does this too, right? A lot of team-based games uh, do it, MOBAs do it, where um, your your skill really does show through in like weird subtle ways. And dealing an extra ten percent damage is not as as big of a deal. Um, they also scale PVP down uh, so that the impact of combat rating is only ten percent of PVE, so that you don't just get decimated by people who pay a crap ton of money. Uh, and uh and yeah and if you do literally anything else you don't need to pay any money um i don't know how much how many hours
1: have you have you played like i don't know how many hours you've played i've played see that's a weird like that's a hard part about it i played that, like, like 60 hours maybe well that, that's how do you how do you define play like
0: like actively playing the game not doing research on the game not me on reddit yelling at people who don't understand the game saying random shit what wait um, you're yelling
1: at people on reddit why? I
0: always yell at people on Reddit. I yell at people on Reddit for, like, everything. Because people on Reddit are, like, like a lot of them are very dumb. And then they affect um, I mean, susceptible people on Reddit who, who, who may not have, you know, formed a strong opinion yet with their misinformation. And uh, there's also a lot of very reasonable people on Reddit. If there weren't, I wouldn't yell at people. Um, I yell at people because there is, in effect, rarely on the person I'm yelling at, but oftentimes on the community as a whole. I feel like if you yell at enough people uh, and you make sense when you're yelling at them, you can shift sentiments quite significantly. Not like you can't flip sentiment, but you can like cause major shifts in it as people like just like know more about stuff. right? And they have like a little bit more tempered opinions rather than their like whole whatever thing. Anyway uh that's uh not counting those stuff right like counting hours you actually spent in the game including shopping including um like whatever bullshit that you like the akiba crap that you have to do uh there's a really terrible game in this mini there's a really terrible mini game in, in in diablo immortal and once you become a shadow you'll know it and you will be like who the hell okayed this in this design form you had two years to work it out what the hell um it's also buggy on the PC. On top of that, so it's not even just terribly designed. It's also terribly. Implemented I have on
1: crashed the PC. many times, and this is why. Uh, for example, some people asked about hardcore, and I think the answer was we have no plans to make this hardcore at all because mm-hmm. they know that like, even if you want to play hardcore, we're going to take that decision away from you. Yeah, because there yeah, is no, no way. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: and and especially with microtransactions and whatever, like that's already like kind of like Blizzard netease responsibility. Yeah, <sighs> like. That's a that's gonna be that is waiting to happen, right? Not like a lawsuit, probably a lawsuit too, but also just bad PR. Um, like I spent ten thousand dollars on my character; it died due to server lag. Like what? Um, so yeah, so the Ablo immortal, um, definitely give it a try. One more shout out for our war band, uh, not our war band, our guild, Grinning Goat. Uh, you can apply. I think we have a bar now at apprentice level rather than just initiate because we're almost full um but we're going to be kicking people out i guess this is where random first place to announce that we're going to be kicking people out next saturday we're going to kick out anybody who is not at least apprentice three which is a very low shadow level to have we're basically just trying to kick out people who are not actually playing the game because you only have 100 slots. There's no way to increase slots right now. We can't just take everybody. I mean, we do take literally everybody. Uh, but w- we do want people who actually play the game. Like, we're not picky. We just need people to be active. And this is our way of gating who's actually not active. If you, you have, if, yeah, if once you have you get, done
1: like, a clan activity for a cumulative, like, hour... You, you are Apprentice 3. In a week. Yeah, in a week. Yeah. A cumulative one hour. That's yeah. that's what and, and we're asking.
0: It, it It's going to keep going. Like every week, we're going to raise it up, right? So the next week, you're going to have to do another hour, right? Oh, no. And if you're not doing like that, then maybe don't be in the, you know a shadow clan that's like trying to do stuff. We're not trying to be the top, but I also don't want like a clan of half people who don't actually play the game. Um, because you get access to the uh, dark shadow stuff sort of early like before you're level 60 even and a lot of people quit when they're level 60 because that's the main story and uh there's definitely merit to just playing the game for the main story and then saying you know screw it right it's like the people who played diablo for normal there are so many people who just played diablo for normal so many people like it's unbelievable to actual diablo players how you could stop at normal but technically the game ends you know like the it, it, the game kind of ends. In Diablo Immortal, there's a lot of stuff that opens up once you get to Hell, because it's MMO. So the game doesn't really end. And uh, I'm not formally in Hell 2 yet, but I don't think anywhere near as much opens up in Hell 2 compared to Hell 1. Uh, so, and, and there's no, not even any more achievements after Hell 2. So that's where the game, like, end ends. But um, right now, Hell 1 kind of is where it ends. Um, and if you're worried about... Like, here's, here's one thing that... Uh, I I like to bring up a lot, which is that I have never been gated in this game. The first time I was ever gated was yesterday. And that's because I tried to grind yesterday super hard to try to get to server level. And I failed because there's a lot of grind caps. Like, the game is not friendly for grinding. Like, I just wanted to experience the, the thing for myself, and I dropped a lot of hours in, and, like, there was a point in which my legendary rate slowed, uh, but then I still got three legendaries afterwards, so whatever, it wasn't that bad. Um, like, uh, it's just, you know, some of the activities stopped giving you rare items that they would normally, not rare items, rare crafting mats. Uh, that they usually guarantee you. There's a lot of activities that guarantee three rare crafting mats. And if you do more than six of them uh, a day for any category, they just stop giving you like those three or six crafting mats. And it kind of sucks. It's, it's the game telling you to stop playing. <laughs> you, you, you play too much. Uh, but if you, you can push on. The game never stops you from playing. You, you get less and less efficient at whatever you're trying to do. Unless you're just trying to play the game and enjoy the game, right? But, um, but until la- yesterday, I had not ever hit that limit. And until yesterday, I have probably played somewhere between 60 and 100 hours of this game. Um, at a pretty normal clip per day. So it's actually kind of hard to get gated. Um, I don't know. People are complaining online about getting gated. But those are the hardcore people who are like grinding like, like murps. Murps got gated like oh, quite a bit ago and was like talking about it. I was like, ooh, that sounds bad. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, but I, I don't play as much. Um, you can still play a lot like like I said 60 to 100 hours in the span of 10 days less than 10 days really and you don't get gated as long as you distribute your playtime out um, in either daily uh, doses or every 3 days but daily is the best way to not get gated every 3 days a lot of things you can make up for but you're still going to get gated on your legendary drops and your uh, soft gated on your legendary drops and your like best bestiary and like you know other important stuff as well uh, so it's definitely one of those games. It's one of those games that really encourages you to play every day for two hours, or one hour, or even four hours. Uh, but they did not encourage you to play for like eight to twelve hours a day. You will you will notice some pain. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's Diablo Immortal. Um, got anything else to say about Diablo Immortal before we uh, we shut down this podcast and play some Diablo Immortal?
1: No, that's that's basically it. And yes, we're still having a coop. Uh, but there is a time-sensitive thing that we're about to go right after this. There's like 10 a... Event.
0: So one other thing... Like, this is uh, an MMO. No, 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 we, really... don't, we don't
1: have to... Like, we've uh, talked about Immortal enough. Okay, you you okay, really okay. rambled on there. I'm sorry. You, you rambled on for, like,
0: three minutes at most, you okay?
1: for quite a while there. I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. He, he has to stop. I, I don't... You are... I think typically a verbose person, but for some reason when you get to Diablo Immortal, my gosh, the because words, Because
0: everybody man. is wrong.
1: Uh, yeah, like, that,
0: you that, know that when is everybody some... is wrong and that, like that you are one of the only people that are right oh, and then no. you care a lot about the topic? You just have more to say.
1: If, is if people just... are like
0: mostly right, and then you also feel strongly about the topic, you don't have that much to say. Okay, right? so
1: for everybody that's out there, I think you should just wear a shirt that has your slogan. Everybody is wrong. That 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 just seems to be. uh no, no, no. no. Like but that's not, not
0: true. Everybody is right about the vast majority of things, but there are few small like not small things but there are a few things that people are like near 100% wrong or 75% wrong on and uh those are the things I like to talk about because I hate like just walking around agreeing with everyone like why why flap your mouth at that point like I just assume everybody agrees with each other unless they say otherwise right like, we're all nice people. Uh, we, uh, you know, are at least nice enough. Like, we, we we all share generally the same human culture, especially in this era of globalization. Uh, like, generally, in the big picture, we agree. So, most of the things we talk about are the areas that we either don't agree in, or it's like asking a question, or we're like coordinating logistics of something. That That's human communication. And so, disagreeing is a large part of it. And on Diablo Immortal, almost everybody is wrong. That's not even true. There's a lot of people that are right. They're just not vocal about it because they're afraid of, of being mobbed by the powerful people in the gaming community who, uh, uh, who who don't like Diablo Immortal and what it could potentially mean for gaming in the future or for Blizzard games in the future or for all sorts of uh, uh, similar not exactly this particular game kind of like reasons. Um.
1: See, you just got me on another two-minute rant. I I do Yes, I did this. Yes. Well, you was...
0: brought up the topic that people may not be wrong, right? Like you implied oh that there the people may not be wrong about this. Even though you agree with me on the vast majority of what I say about this topic.
1: Oh my god. Alright, we'll see you next week, guys. See ya.